So I'm going to start with something extremely personal that I would normally just keep to myself. But this podcast seems like a really great space to share that. Have you noticed how there is a perpetual state of going on to the next thing in your life, right? It's you accomplish one thing, you get that job, you get that relationship, you get that body, you get that whatever recognition that you're looking for from other people, and then there's a new goal that fills that void. Well, I call that void the big black hole. And the black hole is something that is inside of the soul of every human being on this planet. We can't fill it uh, to our satisfaction level completely. However, we can control what goes into it. So you take one thing out of your life, whether it's smoking or drinking or whatever... I mean, vices are easy ones, but whatever you take out of that void, it's going to be filled with something else. So you can control what it gets filled with. So if you stop smoking because you want to you know, stop smoking and you really do want to, it's way easier to fill that void that smoking uh, filled in your life to with something like reading or anything else, exercising and whatnot. And that's because that was filling that big old black hole in your soul, and you just throw something else in there. So, then I get smoking, by the way. Like when I was in college, I would smoke uh, camel crushes, and then eventually American Spirits was my thing, and I got out of that. Uh, but mm, my favorite form of nicotine uh, delivery to the human body was uh, definitely chewing. Chewing tobacco like Long Cut, Hope and Copenhagen, that kind of thing. And it's it's a fairly disgusting habit, right? You uh, end up spitting into bottles or, you know, God forbid, gutting it. But I met people who could gut it. Or, you know, it it's just, it's kind of gross. And also it would put little fiber cuts into your gums. And that's how it was delivering the nicotine into your body. And so I gave it up, you know, mostly because of the cancer risk, and which seems pretty damn high. But, you know, loved that and then gave that up. But ideally, that was so many years ago, but you've got to replace whatever thing that you pull out of your life, whether it's, you know, working excessively or even a relationship or uh, anything else. You can control what fills that hole. But here's the catch. Something will fill that hole, that void in your life. And that's where a lot of people feel like they're out of control of their own lives is where you take something out because it's not serving you to your purposes anymore, whatever it is. And then something will fill that void. And so I view humans walking around with these big black holes and they're filled with something. And that's where you get different uh, personality traits. It's kind of whatever's what's on someone's mind that can really shape them. But it's, very connected to the idea that the five different influences in your life are what make you up. So this is a concept that uh, various books and peoples explore, and I think it's fairly true. And so consider the idea that there are five influences in your life. They can be people, or sometimes they can actually be a news channel. That's a good example. Um, So you could be like, I am Caitlin Jocelyn. And CNN, and also baking, 
and reading. You know, it's kind of whatever five things you spend a lot of time on or that you let affect you the most shape who you are. And that's just one answer to the question of who are you. Uh, but I think it's fairly true because I've met a lot of people who are Fox News. They are uh, Bloomberg News. They are whatever book they're into. I've been at for a good chunk of my life, whatever book I'm reading becomes such an influence on my life because it is so uh, on my mind. It affects the way that I talk, the things that I talk about, and my actions, too. And that leads us right into this other concept that I have that is uh, taken from a lot of other people, a lot of other people. And this idea is that all of our existence starts with thoughts, goes into words, and then becomes actions. You think about a bridge, anything that's around you, somebody had a thought, and then they talked about it, and then it became a thing. So then we have London Bridge. It, that's how it was created, kind of thing. And that's true for, I think, most of our lives. So we're surrounded by these things that became what they are by the thoughts and then the actions of the people around us, and sometimes us. And then that leads us right into how we are responsible for everything in our life. And that's a big pill to swallow for a lot of people, but I have a lot of evidence um, that I didn't create, that I've just observed to account for the fact that you are the common denominator in every situation that you've been in. So that means you've created most of what you are surrounded with. That's not denying the fact that you can be a victim of your surroundings, but we obviously don't like victim mentality. And so the idea is that you get to take control and own it, uh, stating that you are the product of your environment has a lot of power to it because that leads you to the conclusion that you can change it, the environment that you're in. These are all just thoughts that ding around my head uh, most of the time, and they're a great precursor, an introduction, a conceptual uh, welcome to my brain sort of thing. But what I want to point out is that most of this is quote-unquote stolen. I haven't had an original idea in my life. It's something that I really enjoy saying, and I totally believe it. There's been billions of people, billions of thoughts, billions of actions, billions of ideas, and billions of things at this point. So I don't fancy the idea that I am an original kind of person. I'm a consumer, and I enjoy being in that position because that means I don't have to reinvent the wheel. I literally get to pick an idea or a pursuit or a concept that I would like to know more about or be more effective in, whatever that stage is, and uh, fuck I'm a millennial. I can literally Google this shit. I can see what somebody else has already done to refine this process and discover the best way to go about that process. And I really, really value that, uh, considering my point on the timeline. And I don't know why I'm on the timeline that I'm on. Uh, personally, I think that it's just the way it is. Um, Am I a fan of it? I don't know. I don't know. I think that I just see things in my life for what they are, and I take advantage of what there is for me. I think it's kind of a great time to be alive in that we can just, we, mostly being me, can just consume what is already out there that other people have prepared, and I'm not really obsessing that much about what... Uh, my role is, I know that I have goals and I have extreme conviction about those goals, but that's taken me a while to get there. 
and I recognize and understand the hardship and the thought process that went into making those goals. So I'm proud of them and I pursue them, but I don't fancy the idea that I'm a pivotal uh, changing point in the timeline that I'm at. Because I think that serves the ego too much, and my ego has died too many times in the past to uh, really put too much service or commit too much of my life to serving that ego. So, I'm here to share, but mostly to entertain, and I really just want everyone to know that life on this planet is exactly what you make of it. Uh, the things that you choose to entertain in your mind, the things that you choose to put uh, into that position of the five most influential parts of your life is your choice. And I think that I am and you are responsible for everything that you conjure up in this life. And I really think there's a lot of power to that. And I enjoy it a lot on a daily basis. And mostly it's just trying to keep my head above the bastards. The bastards being anyone that really gets too so, uh, so much involved in life that, you know, their shoes getting muddy that day, ruined their day. I think that's a horrible way to live. I've experienced uh, that in, the, in my past, where I was victim to anything that happened in a day, and I was not conscious about my own uh, existence and general purpose, and I wasn't focused on my own goals, and that left me vulnerable to the whims and the desires and the emotional outbursts of other people around me. But that's just me. That's my journey. I'm I'm uh, a person who has more of a inclination towards being empathic. I'm an empath. And also uh, codependency. I've struggled with that and read my way out of that and become a different person. But it hurts, you know. It hurts to change and develop. But I think that any time that we are challenged with something and we feel uncomfortable, it means we are doing something. So if you are feeling challenged or uncomfortable, it means you're doing something. You're not just sitting there in the background just letting life happen to you, which is a pitfall of victim mentality that I think afflicts a lot of people of my generation. I'm a big fan of millennials being one, but I also see some of the major pitfalls of the millennial mentality. Mainly, I think it's important to be proud of who you are, and I think that millennials have paved the way for whatever the Zoomers are doing, and uh, there's a war between the boomers and the millennials, and I love it on a daily basis. And I think it's just important to see yourself for what you are, if you can. Get over yourself and try to be as effective as you can in whatever pursuit that you have. And that's where goals become important. So, all that being a introductory episode to my brain hole and conversations that happen inside of it, and you're welcome to it. Thanks for listening to episode one.